Hello, world. Welcome back to the Ignited Fortitude podcast. You almost messed me up. I almost laughed. Sorry about it. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about the hello world before we started this, this episode. So, That's so anyways, another week. This week wasn't as crazy. Not as, not like my, my normal weeks. But um, we have a guest with us again. I know we did one episode where it was just me and Bobby, and now we're back to having guests. Yeah. Um, I guess we just don't like talking to each other that much. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this week we have Amanda. She used to be a part of the youth group here at Calvary. And uh, she recently went to the University of Arizona. Yep. yep. And um, we're going to dig in with some questions. Uh, we're going to start with an email that we got from one of the kids in the youth group now. Um, he wrote it to us saying, uh, I was listening to the recent podcast and you guys said to drop some ideas or topics and I've been struggling with some stuff and thought if I would listen to somebody give me advice, Pastor Bobby and Steve would probably be the best candidates. The topic is basically how to be a representative of Christ and to stay pure as a teenager in this day and age with all the inappropriate content massively available. So we wanted to open this up with uh, one of your peers being able to answer this. So Amanda, what do you think before we get into asking you all kinds of questions and grilling you? What do you, how would you answer that? I think first of all, it's awesome that this person is asking. Um, one, that he's seeking godly counsel. That's such a huge thing in scripture is like going to people for that advice. And also that you're wanting to be a representative of Christ in at your age and in this era, I think that's awesome and really exciting. Um, so along that line, I think one of the big things you should do is ask for help. Obviously, um, ask God because he wants that for you. Um, so that means you're seeking God's will and that makes God super excited. So he's going to help you out if you ask and you seek after him. And also, there are people around you who would love to help. Don't don't try to go it alone and try to fight sin alone because that it's so much harder. So I would say surround yourself with people who are going to pour into your life the love of Christ, and it's a lot easier to pour into others when you're being poured into. Um, so, yeah, seek after God. Find those people who are going to help you out and who you can help. And I think you're going to be on the right track. And if you know there are things that you struggle with personally that tempt you, cut them out of your life. Like if it's Instagram and I don't know, any of those social media things, you can you can delete those apps, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I went through a phase where I, I just deleted Instagram for a while and you're not going to miss it. Like those things ultimately don't actually do that much for us. So I'd say if you need to just cut it right out, you're not going to miss it. <laughs> when we got the email, the first scripture that came to mind was Psalm 119, um, Psalm 119 verse nine, where it says, how can a young person stay pure? And then the answer is by obeying your word. Mm. Right. And so more than anything else, and this, I think that's pretty much what you're saying, right. Is like, hold close to God you know, and be around others that are going to, you know, obviously hold you accountable to his ways more than anything else. Right. And, um, you know, I know we'll get into some of the things of, of keeping away from distractions and, and what you can get involved in kind of with some of the things that we were talking about before we started recording with you. So hopefully that helps. And yeah, one of the things that, um, we've talked about it before, don't give up what you want for what you want right now. Yep. Right. Like don't be, uh, 
remember what your your goal is, right? And before we, just like always, we talked with Amanda for a, a little bit before we started recording, and that was one of the things that um, one of my questions for was how uh, do you think it plays a role that the mindset that you're going to college with is it is it because you went there with the idea of I want to learn instead of a lot of kids. I mean, when I left my home at 18 years old, I did not want to go to college, but I was like, I'm going to go spread my wings and see what the world has to offer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids go to college with the idea of, yes, I can go do what I want. I can go to whatever party I want. I can nobody to tell me that I can't do something. And uh, so what do you think, Amanda? Is it, the mindset, does that have a huge role in your success? Um, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to call myself a successful person, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the the mindset with which we do anything is, an imp- is important in how we do it. I mean, it's your motivation behind something that'll show how you do it and how well you do. Um, so, yeah, I went to college wanting to learn and wanting to show the love of Christ to other people. And I think that it'll shape the way that I go through all of college, let alone my first semester. So, yeah, that's it's a big deal. The the why we do something is just important as what we do. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's get into it. So Amanda was uh, a part of our high school youth group. And um, it's funny because, you know, I was always harping on the kids like, I'm terrified of you guys leaving because <laughs> there's so many times that um, kids will, you know, as soon as they leave for college, that's when you start to see them fall off. And uh, I know I say it all the time to the kids. And we even talked about it when we did our our episode on raising the next generation, you know, where we get into this place where a lot of it happens where we are so focused on raising good church kids, mm-hmm. but we're not raising on, we're not really truly focusing on kids having that firm foundation on the Lord. You know, and we kind of measure kids and and where they're at by, well, you know what, they're not, uh, you know, they're not sleeping around and they're not doing drugs and they're not doing this. But at the same token, like that's not the measurement, you know, because when kids fall into, um, you know, some kind of thing that hinders their walk. You know, sometimes like that foundation is there. They're able to get themselves out of it. The Lord, you know, that's when they realize like the Lord is all I need in this moment, you know. But I think sometimes when we're just focused on the externals, you know, we don't prepare kids for that. And one of the things about you, Amanda, that, you know, has always stuck out is like you can see the um, the foundation that your parents have laid. Right. And we've talked about that in, in prior episodes where it's like, you know, when Bay came on mm-hmm. and we could see the grandkids and the kids that are there in there, it's like, man, like, obviously their parents are walking with the Lord. And I wonder where that came from, you know? So for you, if you wanted like, kind of tell us a little bit about like you growing up, you know, in Sierra Vista and what your family situation was like, your schooling, and then kind of going into college, I think it is really going to just be helpful for those that are listening to, um, to this, whether it be, you know, parents that are raising their kids and thinking like, mm, maybe there's some things that I need to change. Or, you know, if it's your peers, cause I'm sure a lot of your peers are going to be, you know, eager to hear what, you know, you're talking about and stuff like that. And I think just to encourage them, because there's, you know, there's going to be some of your class, your former classmates that are going to be going into college, you know, and, and just so that they're prepared, you know, of what to expect, you know? And so I think that's really ultimately what the questions that we have for you. So, yeah. So my parents are Christians. Um, They were missionaries in 
Southeast Asia for a really long time, and they're worship leaders at the church, and it's the, the kind of Christians where they lived it out, and everyone can see it, especially me and my brothers as their kids. Like, we knew our parents loved God. Like, my dad, <laughs> my dad preaches sometimes, and he gets, he only ever cries when he talks about Jesus, and it's something I make fun of him for, but it's also, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's also been, like, a huge ministry to me in my life. Um, so I grew up with them. I grew up in the church. I went to Veritas, the, one of the Christian schools here in town. So basically, as a kid, I, I can't remember not believing in Jesus, like, because it was the only truth available to me. And I'm honestly grateful for that because I never needed to have any doubt about whether or not that was real. Mm -hmm. But when you're a kid, you can only understand so much about what that means. Um, so as I grew up, I, I began to realize more and more about, like, who Jesus was and who that means I need to be. Um, and a lot of that, I think, as a kid, I thought was just behavioral. So I was like, oh, okay, I need to be doing the right things. So I was like, I don't know, to show that I'm a good Christian, I need to be doing all the good things, be the, be the good little church girl. And I think a lot of people with my background kind of grow up that way. It's like, okay, I'm doing all the right stuff, so I'm a good Christian. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's not doing what I'm doing is a bad Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but then, like I said, as you grow older, you, you're able to understand more. And I think my dad's faith, and he was my fifth and sixth grade teacher, so having him there helped me learn a lot, and um, encountering the Holy Spirit was probably the biggest change in my life. When I was 15, I went to Hawaii with <laughs> just to visit my cousins, and um, one of them is super strong in faith. I mean, they all are, but she was the one I was hanging out with, um, and she just brought me to her youth group, and we were all praying over each other. And that was the first time I, like, encountered this Holy Spirit in a tangible way where I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and my walk changed from there. And I have to give God all the credit for that because he just—that's when he, I think I let him take hold of my life in the strongest way, and I realized how much of my life up to that point had been about the things that I do and not about the things that were in my heart. Um, so it was after that that I started reading my Bible more consistently, like every day and, and praying with the knowledge that God not only hears, but that he'll talk back, mm -hmm. like that you need to listen when you pray. And so it was just from then that I learned <laughs> so much more about who God is and, and grew deeper and deeper so that when I reached the point of graduating, there, there could be no turning back, like when by the time I left my parents and their faith, my faith was my own by that point. It, it became my own when I was a teenager. And that has helped me in college because it's not about what my parents wanted me to do. It's not about being a good little church girl. It's about the fact that I need God <laughs> to get through just normal life at this point. Like I can't. I can't not do it without him at this point. Mm -hmm. So even though I still struggle to depend on him in a lot of ways, it's still my faith is my own now. And so I'm, college has just made that grip stronger in being alone because it's like, oh, yeah, this, this is my, my comfort where I can go to because it's mine. Mm -hmm. And God is mine and I'm his. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's 
it's so much more personal that that's where strength comes when you have that personal relationship with God. And it's not about, it's not about who your parents were or not about whether or not you went to a Christian school for 13 years. It's not about any of those things. It's about living in the knowledge that you are the child of God and like having that relationship with him as your father and friend. So, but some of those things, I mean, it's not about those things, right? But Mm -hmm. some of those things are helpful and were like very, um, prominent things in your life that helped you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, my parents, who my parents were made me want to be like them and have what they have. Their, their faith and their walks with God have been amazing. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, I was always like, I want to be like my parents Mm -hmm. and I want to have what they have with God because it's even as a child, I could see how beautiful it was. And so that was just something I always wanted. And obviously like even my cousin ministering to me and it's just family has been a huge part of making me who I am, but especially my parents um, and their walks with God for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's funny cause you know, one of the, you know, obviously for me overseeing high school ministry and I oversee children's ministry, you know, a lot of the times, you know, teachers, especially like for the little kids, you know, we're like, you know, what can we do to get these kids to really understand and really, you know, like, and, and, and we talk about all those things, but really ultimately, like the biggest thing and the biggest ministry that we can do is, is yes, teach the kids, but more so honestly is guide the parents. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because I mean, everything that you're saying is like, yeah, I went to church in this, but like, you're not saying anything that the church really played in there as you are really truly saying the impact that your parents had on you. To, to that degree. Yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, I'm grateful that they brought me to church and at church I could see what they were doing because, like I said, they're, they're worship leaders. Mm-hmm. So I would see my parents guide the church in honoring God, mm-hmm. and they brought me to church, and I guess they made me go. But when you're a kid, you're forced to go everywhere you <laughs> right. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but you saw them living yeah, everything absolutely. that they were doing at church. There wasn't a contradiction or, or you know, that hypocrisy. Yeah. It was like – it's it's put on display at church, but at the same token, like, it's also being lived out in the home. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's everything with those two, especially <laughs> those parents of mine. But, yeah, it's it's been one of the biggest ministries to me in my life is their faith. So were, were your parents real strict, like, in not letting you do things? Or how, how was their their way of, of raising you? I mean, obviously, they had rules. Um it's it's difficult for me to say because I was always a little goody two shoes. So I was like, <laughs> did I ever really get in trouble? Maybe sometimes. Um, but yeah, they had rules. They had things that we had to do and like words we couldn't say and the ways we we're supposed to treat each other as siblings. Um, but as I got older, um, they I wouldn't say they were strict at all because I earned my parents' trust yeah. by the fact that I had obeyed them for so long. And so they said, you're free to do what you want to do. And if, but you can lose our trust. Like yeah. They made it clear that, that if I abused the freedom they were giving me, then I would lose the freedom <laughs> they were giving me. So I was always really grateful for that because it was, it made me able to grow into my own person mm-hmm. and made me conscious of the effects of my decisions because I knew that I was making them. So I would have to deal with the consequences of those things. But yeah, as I got older, they were less and less 
strict because they trusted me and I trusted them. So Yeah, and, and guess what? You were the one that was going to be held accountable for your actions yeah. instead of them trying to um, restrict you from doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. I think, and obviously the Holy Spirit played a role in this, but after a certain point, you just don't want to do yeah. the wrong things. I think there's there's this weird part of being human where when someone tells you to do something, there's always this little urge to not do it. That's sin right there. That's <laughs> yeah, just sin, sin at, its, at its core. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. My parents just knew that like they let me have the opportunity to choose to do the right thing myself. Mm-hmm. And make that decision for myself instead of forcing me to do the right thing. Right. And that plays out, you know, and you just talking and just thinking, you know, like your walk with the Lord has always been very strong. Mm-hmm. Like it's always just, you know, because you see the kids and, and and um, you know, you can just see where everybody's at or what they gravitate to. You know what I mean? I mean, being at camp, you know, when Deanna was in the house, she's like, man, you know, Amanda was one of the ones that would wake up in the morning and would go out and read the Bible and do devotions. You know what I mean? And, and so you're like we're fully dependent in that sense. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's the thing where, you know, as, especially as dads, right? Like we, we are in a sense, like the way that our kids are going to see the Lord is also going to be because of the way that we're trying to reflect that, you know, and we're not supposed to be like, here's the thing. Like, I, like I should never want my kids to see in a sense, like, you know, like I don't want them to compare me to God in the sense where it's like, you know, if my dad's good, then God's right, good. But you should be an example of what right looks like. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so, but I always need to be leading my kids to the Lord. That's the most important thing that I need to be doing. But, you know, like in your saying where you, you just said something where it's like, I didn't want to break that trust with my parents, you know? And I think that's huge in the sense where it's like, because you know that your parents trusted the Lord. And so in that sense, like for you being out on your own, it's easy for you to correlate the two where it's like, I don't want to break the trust of my parents and I don't want to break the trust of the Lord, right? It's like, it's not so much that I just don't want to sin, but it's like, I don't want to, it's not the sense of, I don't want to break God's law. I don't want to break his heart. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I know my parents and I, I know that if, if any of us as their kids fall into something we shouldn't be doing, it's not necessarily anger they feel. It's just sadness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and worry that about where that's going to lead us. And I think that's also one of the things I learned about God pretty pretty young because I talked about it with my dad, <laughs> is that it's less about God being angry and more about he, he's just sad because if we're doing the wrong things, it's it means that we're not in a right place with him. Yeah. And he wants to be in a right place with us because we're his kids. Um, and that's just something I, I, I'm so blessed with the parents I have because they really do show me God in so many ways. Even now that I'm an adult, like, uh, j- they still just show, show me God's love in so many ways. And it's, it's really beautiful. And so they've always just helped me understand the relationship I'm supposed to have with God. And that's always, it's super cool. And I'm so, so blessed to have had that because mm-hmm. I can see how it's made my life different from other people who've come from harder places mm. and who haven't had the parents to whose purpose was to show me that like they do it intentionally yeah and just because of who they are but they they knew they know what they're trying to do <laughs> what are some things you know cuz I, I know sometimes i get asked 
people and I feel super guilty because they're like, do you do family devotionals at home? And it's like, that doesn't work at my house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just, I mean, just trying to get there. But, you know, like right now, um, you know, with the kids, we were going over like the the foundations material and stuff, you know, like, so we do, we do things, but there's never like a formulated, um, here's the devotional that we're doing or anything like that. Did, did your parents do stuff like that? Nope. We never really did anything like that. Um, when I was a kid, they would read the Bible to me and my brother before we went to bed. Mm -hmm. um, but we never, we never did any like read this book together as a family sort of thing. Um, my mom, I like every, for as long as I can remember, I walk out in the morning and my mom is reading her Bible mm -hmm. and she learned that from her dad. And so that, that is passed on to me to read every day. And um, my parents always make themselves available as someone we can talk to if we have questions and, and, um, I don't know, just want to talk about God ever. They're always they're always down to do that. But I think part of it is that we were always busy when we were younger, like crazy household sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I also think part of it is that they want us to make it our own too. Like mm -hmm. they don't want to force us into a family situation where like, oh, we're only doing this because we have to. Mm -hmm. It's more like they wanted us to have our own relationship with God mm -hmm. and have it look like its own thing. And obviously there's value in family devotionals and stuff like that. I'm sure that for a lot of families, it's great. It's not something we ever did. Mm -hmm. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, the reason why I bring it up, because I know that, like, I know the time that I spend with my kids, like, we'll walk the dogs. And I know regardless of which whichever one of my boys is with me walking the dogs, the Lord always gets brought up in some, and it's not me bringing it up. You know what I mean? And it's the boys that will at some point in time in that walk, you know what I mean? It's like a 20 minute walk. At some point, something gets brought up and in, in a sense where it's, you know, and it's something related to the Lord, you know? And, and so it's like, those are the times that I, that I see, you know, and it's like, you know, um, they talk about with the, you know, with, with guys and we've talked about it on the podcast, right? It's that, it's that side by side relationship, you know what I mean? Cause you're doing something, you know, and when you're doing something like, you know, I don't know if you ever, like if you're walking or if you're showering, like you ever get those like great ideas, you know what I mean? When you're doing something that's not really making you concentrate so hard on something like right now we're concentrating on like, you know, what questions we're going to ask you and, and all this other stuff. But if we're just walking and just doing stuff, it's just the natural of whatever's inside is going to come out. You know, and and I, and I ask about, you know, devotionals and things that strategies, not so much, but that your family did, because I think a lot of people that might be listening and, and maybe feeling guilty, like, I don't do this with my kids or we don't do this. And it's like, it's not about these like tangible things that you have to be doing as opposed to what are you living? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and what your kids are really seeing, like, did you watch your parents did, was there ever a time where you were going into your the house and your parents were watching something where it was like, hey, you can't watch this. Get out of here. I mean, when you're a kid, kid sure, yeah, you can't watch all these, all the stuff adults watch. But it was never like – it never felt like shameful. Mm -hmm. Like it's just you're not old enough to watch this sure, yet. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> yeah, like and you probably had your older siblings that were able to watch it, but you yeah. couldn't – you know what I mean? So yeah. But, it's, it's not like they were watching things they shouldn't have been watching. Mm -hmm. It was just like I shouldn't be watching them because I was eight or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the reason why I bring that up is because it's like those things like they brush off onto the family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's where like, you know, how was it like if your parents are doing worship and then it's like here they are like they're drinking every night like, and getting <laughs> smashed. You know what I mean? Like that's – it's like – you know, in a child's mind, you know, all that stuff is, is impacting them, you know, where as opposed to, you know, um, 
yeah, is it is it helpful to read a devotional or helpful to, hey, we're all going to read the Bible, you're reading the Bible, you know what I mean? Yes, those things are helpful, but more helpful is like what you said, right? Like, man, I knew I could go to my parents. I knew my parents were going to guide me into this direction. I knew, and that's in those small things, you know what I mean? Probably the car ride or, you know, oh, at yeah, a game sure. or, or or like after you're at a sporting event and you lost or whatever and your parents are there helping you. Like those are the things that are that are um, the most impactful, I think, right? Absolutely. With family? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was always car rides with my dad, especially just if I had a question, I'd just bring it up. and Or like when I was in high school, after youth group, I would just go into the living room and make my parents pause whatever they're watching together <laughs> and just like lie on the floor and tell them about my Pastor day. Bobby said something that <laughs> yeah. was super heretical. I just threw shade at you every Thursday night. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, it's about making yourself available to your kids so that they know if they have questions, they could come to you. It's about living it out. It's about, I don't know, my parents always showed their passion mm -hmm. for it. And that's what made it so attractive to me is like, it wasn't just things they were doing. It was the way it affected them. Like the, the fact that my dad does cry when he talks about Jesus and like my mom too, she just like. I watched them get filled with the Holy Spirit my whole life because they're so in tune to that. So those are the things that minister to me is, is when it's not even about the fact that I'm watching. It's just moments between them and God, but you know that it's a moment between them and God. Yeah, Those were like super impactful to me as a kid. And the fact that they let us watch and see those things and didn't just keep it private sure. was really important to me in the way I grew up. I think one of the things that um, we're talking from the parent standpoint, like with trying to figure out how we can get our children on that walk, that path, doing devotionals. What we talked about on Thursday, it's about what you tolerate in your yeah. life, right? Like it's about what um, the things that living that that example, but also what you're allowing to influence. So we talk about garbage in, garbage out, right? Mm -hmm. Like what you put in your life is what's going to come out. So I think like your parents being, like you said, it's not just, it wasn't just doing it. It was the passion that they had for it. It was seeing that is what helps the kids, the, the children's go, man, my dad, my dad, like, I mean, I, we've talked about it before where my son one night, we're in an argument, called me a freaking hypocrite, right? Like, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we're not going to get into what actually happened, but uh, he was just mad, right? Like, and um, I probably didn't handle it the way I should have. Mm -hmm. as I know I didn't handle it the way I should have, but it was uh, one of those situations where it's like, it caused me to inventory myself, yeah, right? Like, yeah. okay, maybe I'm, I am showing some things outside of church and everything else that I'm doing here at home that he thinks that that's okay, that he, or maybe that's really his mindset of me, his, his thoughts of me. So that I, that's where I listening to this, talking mm -hmm. about it. Like I immediately went to what, what, where are we at in Corinthians? First Corinthians five, first Corinthians five, mm -hmm. where we're, it's about what you tolerate. Right. Yeah. And that's good too. Cause we talked that even, even with what you said, like criticism. Right. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes even if our kids, if one of the things we talked about on Thursday night was just, you know, being willing to correct somebody, but you need to, and sometimes you need to be willing to take the criticism, 
whether it's in the right place or not. And just like what you said, right? Like your son telling you that should stop you in your tracks. You know, if my kids are going to say something, it should stop me in my tracks and be like, whoa, because something that I'm doing is affecting them. Right. And so if they're going to be, if they're going to call me out, you know what I mean? I have to ask myself what led up to this point. You know what I mean? Because anytime that there's conflict, anytime that there's something that's going on, it's, there's a bunch of different decisions that happen to make that come up, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like that one instance. There's something that was going on that made that happen. And you have to like, in a situation, like you have to realize, especially being the dad, right? Being the leader, you have to realize like, okay, I can't just brush this off on my child, right? Because if I brush it off on my child, then I have no control over it. And how am I going to stop this from happening again? So what can I do in this situation? And how can I put myself in a place where I have control over it? And what do I need to do differently? Because I can only control what I can control. You know what I mean? And in that sense for you, like, hey, you know what? If my son's going to think that, you know, maybe there's something that I need to do. Like, I got to do inventory in that sense. And and there you go, though. But like, what are we going to tolerate? And I think like, you know, with your parents, they probably didn't tolerate you guys doing whatever you wanted, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, we couldn't just do whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So, and here's the thing, like they showed you love, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like you couldn't do anything you know what I mean? And so like going back to tolerating, you know what I mean? And, and that's good, Steve, because, you know, that is huge in a sense of like, uh, you know, leadership, parenting. It's not about what you say. It's about what you tolerate, you know, right. and um, and it starts, it, it begins with you, you know, and you said right off the bat, like your parents had this love for Christ. So it wasn't like they just wanted us to know Christ and love Christ. It was more than importantly, like they had that place. So I think even as parents, if parents are listening to this, you know, and it's like, man, what can I really do for my kids? More importantly, it's like, where are you at with the Lord, right? Do you have that relationship? Because, you know, we've talked about it before. Like, you can't give somebody what you don't have yourself, you know? And so, in order to get that, like, you need to have that, that you know, and get that that right for yourself because then you can help your kids, you know? So, now you're in a place where you're off to college. You know, when we started this podcast, you know, I told you, I was like, hey, after your first yeah. semester, like, <laughs> we're going to have you on and, and talk about some of some of uh, college life, you know. Um, so, how was your first semester? First semester overall was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it had its struggles, like any part of life does. Mm-hmm. But the, through the Lord's grace and help, got through those struggles and... Now I'm excited for the next semester and I'm in a good place. I'm surrounded by good people mm-hmm. and I have a community there now. So yeah, overall it's been pretty good. <laughs> so what was it what was it for you that has really helped you to just really just stay on that path? I mean, part of it was already being on the path. Okay. Like not trying to jump on immediately when I leave home. It's like I was already there and I was already in the habit of of reading my Bible and praying and talking to God. And um, obviously he's come through for me in a lot of ways. So I can't, I honestly can't take credit for any, any, any of the success that I have. Um, It's because God took a hold of my heart a long time ago. And now I'm holding back. (laughs) Um, We're holding on to each other and there's no, there's no letting go at this point. But I think um, being at college, in the beginning when it, when it's the culture transition and just leaving home and being alone a lot it was i deliberately chose to use my aloneness as an opportunity to hold on tighter to god mm-hmm. like when i was alone if i wasn't talking to anybody which i was never talking to anybody <laughs> i was talking to god and 
when I had some free time, I was in the Word. And so I may have forgotten the original question at this point, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it that, that helped you, you know, stay on that path? Because, it, 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 you know, like... It, I know, like, you're like, I can't really take any credit for that, which mm-hmm. is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the at the same token, though, you're making these choices, right? You're choosing to, I'm going to go into my word instead of, like, I'm trying to get my affirmation from God. I'm not trying to get it in other people, you know, because a lot of times what happens, people go to college and it's like, I'm alone. I don't like being alone. I need to find somebody that I can be buddies with. And, and Steve, you said something about, and I walked into the conversation where. Uh, when I know for myself, and I've seen it a lot when, like when I was in the army and I would go somewhere new, um, the, usually the first group of people that you have contact with in that s- situation. So like at college, if you're going to college, like when you get there, if you're going to live in a dorm or whatever, those first group of people that you run into or that are in your room with you, that you're sharing a room with are going to be the people that you're kind of latched onto, especially because at a young age, you go from having a a family unit to being by yourself. You still want that community. Mm -hmm. And so you look, whoever you meet first is usually going to be the people that you're with through the duration. I mean, you may be at some point like, okay, I'm done with this friend, you know, I've been wronged or whatever the case may be, but you, you, usually have some kind of contact everywhere I've been in the army. Usually the first three or four people I can, I can reach out to today. I still have contact with them. Right. And I've had eight, nine different duty stations. So it's like, what is that? Like 27. I, I didn't go to college. 27 <laughs> people, you know, like, so, but that like, and being alone, like what I'm, what, my thing, my thought process is on this, you were making, like you said it yourself, I made a deliberate decision to go into my, my Bible, to, to spend time with God when you were feeling alone. Whereas I, when I, I would drink, try to find a party to go to, you know, that was me then, you know, I was always trying to, I didn't want to be alone. So I would always try to find somebody that, was doing whatever. I didn't care just as long as I wasn't alone. Well, and it goes back to like when we were in, I mean, that's exactly what you and I were doing in high school already. Right. It was already, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's what I'm used to. So like, okay, hey, you guys are going to drink? Right. I was doing that last week. Yeah. Why was the night in my Bible? Because I wasn't reading it in high school. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, Yeah. And that's huge, you know, and and just even saying like you deliberately made that decision and, and here we go. Like why is scripture so important? Like, I mean, for me, my mind is going to Daniel, right? And it says Daniel, and he purposed in his heart. Those boys purposed in their heart that they were going to do these things. And it's like, man, like you see these things in the Bible, and it's like, I want to be like a Daniel, you know? It, you know, into his 80s, he's still, you know, going into the lion's den. It wasn't when he was a young man. You know why? Because he purposed in his heart. And same thing for you. It's like, if you continue to have that, does that mean that you don't have the desire to want to go and like make new friends or want to go out to here? Like, it doesn't mean that that's just gone away, but the 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 difference is like whether you had that desire or not, you're choosing not to take that desire because you know that that is fleeting and that is only going to pull you away from the Lord. So, hey, I'd rather just stay on and allow God to lead me. You know what I mean? And I think like, you know, I, the podcast, right? Ignited Fortitude. You know, having that fortitude, the courage, you know, even I think of of the the individual that wrote the email. The courage wasn't to write the email, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the courage was to write the email, but the fortitude is to say, hey, I'm struggling in this situation. What can I do to, to help myself avoid these things? You know what I mean? And that's the whole thing of, of, of where fortitude comes in. It's like, I have this that I want to do, 
but there's something greater that I know that I need to do. You know what I mean? And that's where it comes in. And you said it like knowing your weakness, knowing where you fall into that and sticking to a place where I am not going to go down that road and I'm going to stay on the path, you know, is the things that if anybody's, you know, like getting anything from this is like, that's where you need to be focused on. It's like, what is it that is going to take me away from these things and lead me down the wrong road. And what is it, you know, just like what we read out of Psalm 19, where it's like, how can I stay, you know, pure in, in my youth? And it's like, hey, meditating on God's word and letting that be what's, you know, outpouring of my life. So, so oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. So, Amanda, like, like, I know we're sitting here talking and like, it's like, I didn't, it was fine. Right. Like, <laughs> but, but you had, you had other struggles, right? You had, maybe it wasn't partying, maybe like. I think you mentioned laziness, right? Like, or yeah. procrastinating. So like you have your own struggles, yes. right? Like it's not just, I, I don't want people to think like Amanda came on this. We, we found Perfect. somebody <laughs> and it's like, like, Oh, Oh yeah. My parents were Christian. I was raised this way. I just stay, I just want to stay on the path. I just want to grow closer <laughs> to God. Like, that's it. Like, that's all you got to do. Right. Like she's, we all still have struggles. Like it doesn't matter. We're, and we're going to continue to have struggles throughout our life, but it's like you said, making the deliberate decision. And, um, I, I think that it's easy to sit back and be like, well, she was raised that way. Like yeah. she, it's easy for people to look at it from the outside and be like, it's, it well, of was, course she's going to be like, yeah, that. yeah of, like, course, <laughs> of course it was easy for her. And, but I think I personally feel like the testimony of living it your whole life is so much stronger than my testimony of finding it after I was in a really dark place. Right. Because there were, I, I, especially going out into the world, right? Like starting college, college is, I mean, we read about all these uh, professors who, and you haven't, you said you haven't really experienced it yet where like they're trying to challenge your Christian faith, but I'm willing to bet you will experience it in the next four years. But that when you're trying, not falling away, right? Like that's being able to follow your whole life and not question it. Whereas like the, at this point, the majority of my life, I was not a follower. I was not, mm. uh, uh, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus is like, okay, so you lived half your life <laughs> doing whatever you wanted, Steve, this person's lived, you've already lived more than half my life doing Ball, it, yeah. you know? So I think sticking with it, like for people to understand, like, yeah, like, could, I I know plenty of people, plenty of kids that went, because Bobby, you know this, and I think I mentioned it when we were at camp, right? Like I went to the Nazarene church and I was part of a choir and all that. I know plenty of people who went to that same church and I, they were they grew up in that church that are <laughs> fallen now, right? They sure. fell away. And I was there for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, what reasons and were you there for? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I was there for all the wrong reasons and um, did not follow. And now I'm I'm back, right? But but it's easy for people to just say, oh, well, that was she was raised that way. She she's it's easy to stay on the path. It's mm -hmm. not. I mean, I think I read it this morning. Uh, the narrow is the the gate and the path mm -hmm. is wide wide is the 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 path that leads to destruction right. but yeah narrow is is the gate right. that leads to eternal life yeah yeah uh, matthew i think mm -hmm. but um so knowing that like no and you've been doing it your whole life right like that's that's a huge testimony to me like that 
your strength, your knowledge of what, how you grew up is what's keeping you there. And you're making that deliberate decision. Well, then it is funny because, you know, I text Amanda and I was like, Hey, are you in town? Cause of the holidays. Um, you know, I told you when we started the podcast, you know, like I'd have you on and you're like, yeah, but I don't know like how <laughs> useful I'm going to be. You know what I mean? And it's funny because Benny was the same way. Yeah. Benny's like, um, I don't know, you know, cause it, we think like, oh, I had this testimony that college was so hard, but God, you know what I mean? And, and even with Benny, it's like, I, like, I don't have anything exciting, you know what I mean? To, to say, and it's like, look, I do not want my kids to have my testimony. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I would want my kids to have what, and I don't want to use this cause I don't think it is. I think it's phenomenal, but I don't, I, I want my kids to have a boring testimony. I, I don't know. I just always was with the Lord and we just walked and it was great. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want for my kids. Honestly, I do. Like, I don't want them going through, you know what I mean? All the, all the heartache that I, that I had to go through. So, you know, with you, it's like, Hey, don't feel like, well, I don't have any, like, it's just, Hey, you know what? That's great. And what are the things that you're doing? Because guess what? The enemy is crouching at the door at any given moment. You know, and, and because you're close to the Lord, you know, that's what's keeping you and you're not being enticed by these other things. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, I know that he's there. I know that it's, that, it, that it's a possibility, but I don't want to walk away from that. Uh, you also had some other things that were helpful for you. Um, there was some people in Tucson, right? That you could. Yeah. Shout out to the bells, uh, Miss Shannon. Uh, yeah. The, cause we knew them from Sierra Vista. I mm-hmm. went to school with Josh for years and played soccer and whatever, and they moved up to Tucson. And so before I found any friends, I was able to just go to the Bell's house, eat a home-cooked meal, play some board games, be in a family situation, and just with people who know me. And that was a huge blessing. And that carried me over until I found friends. And obviously, I still go over there all the time. But <laughs> yeah, they were they were a huge blessing to me in my life and their their generosity and just letting me. Oh yeah, and Shannon, and, and Shannon and Tori are awesome oh, individuals. Yeah, they're yeah. the best, and yeah, um, Josh and another guy. They do Young Life at U of A, and they made me come because I was like, I haven't seen anybody for a week. I need to get socialization, so I just went to Young Life, and I they helped me connect with people there, and I'm a part of that ministry on campus, mm-hmm. and so them them making themselves available to me. And me having them, it was a huge, a huge blessing. Because it was like having a home away from home. Yeah. Like I would have been able to make it through without them, but I'm I'm really glad I didn't have to. Yeah. Because they they were around to just be a place where I could just be myself for several hours a week. And it was was really nice. (laughs) You know, and that's one of the things too. And and I I thought about it when you had said, you know, when you went into the army, the first people that you gravitated to, you know, one of the things too that I tell kids because – um, and I, I think, I think I said it when we had your guys' last day, the seniors last day, I was like, Hey, you guys know, like what sports you're going to do, you know, your schedule, you know, you're this it's like, do you guys know the name of the pastor for where you're going to go to church? <laughs> do you know the pastor for the, for the young adults group? You know? And I saw a couple of you guys were like, no, you know? <laughs> and I think, and the reason why I asked that is cause like, you know, and, and for parents, you know, a lot of times it's like, okay, we got to get the scholarship. We got to get you here. We got to get you there. But it's like, go check out a church and make sure that there's a church that's readily available that they can go to because, and what's their theology and what are they teaching? You know what I mean? I know like up at, up at NAU, there's a, there's a church there that is completely heretical. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, 
if you were going to go there and that was a church like, oh, well, there's this church here. This is where most of the the, the college kids go to. That's the church I'm going to go to, but you know nothing about it. Well, you're going to get sucked into, you know, that theology and, and that's dangerous, you know. Um, so with you having a, a place to go to, having the bells um, is super helpful. And obviously Josh is, is, is he going to the U of A? He doesn't, but he, he lives and works in Tucson. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Yeah, he's around. <laughs> and then and then now you're plugged in with the church and um and young life. What about progressive Christianity? Do you have anything that's going on over there where it's like, man, cuz there's a movement that's just like completely right now that's like taking a lot of um it's enticing a lot of young people. Uh I haven't really experienced that personally. Um the people I'm with are a lot like me, the same similar background and mm. um so we we're all kind of on the same the same level, same page in terms of what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I've encountered progressive Christians in in other circumstances, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel necessarily attacked by by them. I think a lot of them are younger people mm-hmm. who are just trying to figure things out, and I think that. They don't have the resources to always figure things out in the right way. Um, so I honestly, I don't know. When when I do meet people like that, I, t- I try to meet with compassion and understanding mm-hmm. rather than like what you believe is wrong and it's against the Bible because I don't think I don't think a lot of them are trying to be against God. I think they're they're trying to make sense of God in the world just like the rest of us. So, yeah, I haven't encountered a lot of it. But I know that's the one of the things that I get, you know, especially most nervous about is just, you know, because there's a lot of that out there where it's like, okay, well, you know, we take the Bible, you know, and okay, it's, you know, tells us about Jesus, but guess what? There's like all this other stuff that you need to know, or there's this other, you know, information, or if you really want to get spiritual, you need to, you know, like go and do this other stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like adding things onto the Bible. And and like you said, like, hey, you know what? I had a good theology come, growing up. I know what I believe, you know, and I know why I believe it. And we talked about it last podcast, like, hey, we need to know what we believe why we believe it and and how we can apply it into our lives especially in tough circumstances where i think a lot of you know people that fall away from that didn't have that you know and here we go again we made them church good church kids but you know we didn't have them have that strong understanding of who jesus was and so now when you know this new idea comes up and and other people are being swept away from it it's easy for them to get caught up in it because of well you know what you know maybe there is something else out there. You know, I still believe in God or I still believe in Jesus, but maybe there's this other stuff that I need to bring in into to my understandings to help me understand this other stuff. Yeah, I think something really important in that sort of situation is that so many of us refuse to admit we could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And like I I recognize that probably some of my theology, whether it be conscious or subconscious or whatever, is wrong. And, like, we can't be right about everything. Um, and I think sometimes the failure to admit that and to admit when we are wrong, it tends to drive people away. And so, like, if we get defensive, they get defensive. And it's, like, there's no conversation there mm-hmm. about, like, okay, so you have these questions. Let's talk about actually figuring them out rather than just saying, like, nope, you're wrong. You need to believe this. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes people need more than that. And so when they feel attacked or like not listened to in that way is when they tend to turn towards other things and new things and people who will be accepting towards them because 
a lot of a lot of the conservative church or whatever wasn't. So I think that there's fault on both sides to be like, we both need to admit that we're wrong about some things and then have conversations about it and be able to come together mm-hmm. because the church is meant to be diverse and we're all, we all have different giftings. So I think the fact that there even are these two movements is a problem mm-hmm. because they're split and some of them are believing Christians. And they just they they're getting a little lost because the people who believe that they're super solid aren't helping. They're just saying they're just pushing them away. (laughs) Yeah, they're just saying you're wrong, rather than being like, "Oh, that's interesting that you believe that. Let's dig into why. Mm -hmm. Let's dig into. Let me show you what I believe, and let's talk about where where God is. Like, let's figure out where God is on this, (laughs) rather than sticking to what." tradition says or what i don't know well and that's good right so like is what i believe out of tradition or is it out of the bible yeah right and and we know that there's you know we talk about it before right there's open-handed issues and close-handed issues right close-handed issues are things that i am willing to fight for right you know uh jesus was fully man fully god he was born of a virgin you know he is the only one that atones for my sins you know what i mean he is the only mediator for you know what i mean so there's like these ho- these close-handed issues that we hold on to now there are other things where it's like um you know um I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head, right? Like, but there's other open-handed where it's like, I'm not going to break fellowship over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not going to say that you're a heretic because you believe that. You know, one one could be like the passage with the Nephilim, right? Is it is it is it angels? We you know where was it them with angels or not? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, there's different sides on those things. Like, I'm not going to break fellowship over that because that's not a salvation issue, right? And I think when when we know what we believe and we're solid in that, we should be able to to talk to people and say like, hey, you know what? What is it? You know, that's interesting. How did you come to that point? How do you believe? It? Why is it that you believe that? You know. But I think it. But we also need to be um, cautious too when there are other things that are breaking the. F- the basic fundamentals of what Christianity is. Right. You know what I mean? You need to know where you are if you're going to have an educated conversation with someone sure. about it. Um, but I sometimes I think the most beautiful and most humble words in the world are I don't know. 100%. Yeah, no 100%. <laughs> so, to anyone listening, never be afraid to say those words because it's better than making up something that's potentially wrong. Well, I, I know that we're going to get into <laughs> heaven and – when we have Bible study, we're going to be like, man, we got that so wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. we got that passage of just, you know what I mean, on certain things because of the way that we're coming at it and having that humility where it's like, I mean, there we go again, right? Look at the Pharisees in the first century, right? Like they crucified Christ. Yeah. Like they, these guys were all about the Bible and they're the ones that, and and I think it, it is wise that we need to be humble and, and not um, being so fixated on like, you need to believe what I believe the way I believe it. And if you don't, you know, you're going to hell, you know? Yeah. We have to have a sense of humility of like, and like what you said, and a lot of times people get in these, these, these conversations and they don't know how to argue or like not so much argue, but really try to help somebody steer away from what they're believing because they're just so fixated on this one thing and they're afraid to let go of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, just be humble in that sense. Like, Hey, you know what? Maybe somebody brings a point and you don't know how to argue it. Just like, well, I don't know. You know, I, I've never thought of that. I'd have to go in and look into it and see if, see if it's worth investigating. Yeah. Or you say, let's figure it out together. And as, as you were speaking, something came to mind because um, in the early church, there was Apollos. Mm-hmm. And Apollos did some great evangelism, but he had some like 
he he was wrong about some things about baptism. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. And so Paul had to come through and be like, okay, what Apollos did was really great. Let's let's iron out what he what he was wrong about though, mm-hmm. without undermining the fact that Apollos loved what he Jesus. Like, he did a good job. He loved Jesus and he he saved. He helped so many people get saved. So Paul said, Apollos, great job, buddy. Let me <laughs> let me help you mm-hmm. instead of being like, okay, Apollos. It's all wrong. Kick him out. Let's let's start over. It's I don't know. I feel like that was a really healthy way of dealing with someone who had some wrong ideas because it was really compassionate and really helpful, but also really stern in saying we need to get this fixed. Well, and and I think more than anything else, there you go is like, what is the purpose that you're trying to come at it for? You know, yeah. somebody is is saying something like, why? You know, why do you say that? Why do you believe that? And there you go, having a conversation. I mean, look, that's what's going on in our society right now. If we look at what's going on in our culture, the problem is that on both sides of the spectrum, nobody's willing to have the conversation and talk about things, right? It's like, yeah. hey, it's my highway, my way or the highway, and the other side is saying the same thing. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah and, and you're right in that sense where it's like, we do have to be, um, what is what does the Lord say? Do it in love. Yeah. Right? Do it in love. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, there was something else that I wanted to ask. You said something about being watchful. Yes. When we were when we were getting ready to talk. Um, oh, before that, I did want to ask this. Now, before you went to the U of A, you actually wanted to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I want. I honestly didn't care that much where I went. I just I wanted to get out of state. I wanted to go somewhere cold. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a heat kind of girl. So my original. Well, yeah. My my plan was to go to Montana State University. Mm. And I was, I had it all planned out. I was going to get this scholarship that was going to pay for pretty much everything. We were going to be able to handle the rest. I had a roommate ready there. I had plans. I had it all. And then I didn't get the scholarship, which was really unexpected because I met every qualification for it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) What the heck, God? Mm -hmm. Come on, homie. Uh, (laughs) um, And in that moment... There was a lot I had to deal with, just feelings of failure and and all that stuff. But one of the things that that I felt God trying to communicate to me was that I was I'd been trying not to need Him, especially in finances, but just in the situation at all. Because I, I was like, I meet the qualifications, mm-hmm. I get the scholarship, I need to go, and it was just so much me. And God was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you need me to do anything anywhere. And I was like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And then after that happened, I won a whole bunch of scholarships and one of them was for U of A. And I hadn't even applied because I never in my whole life wanted to go to the University of Arizona and live in Tucson where the sun is hot and the people are weird. (laughs) But my mom was like, I think you need to apply because we, you got the scholarship and it's an option now, so you need to do it. So I was like, okay. So I applied, and I talked to people about it, um, someone who had gone to U of A, and I toured the campus with my mom and Mrs. Bell and Mrs. Bell's niece. And then I, I came to the realization that I was like, okay, this is where God wants me to be. And honestly, a big part of that was that it was the best financial decision for me. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I would have had to rely really heavily on my parents and that wasn't something I was willing to do. Um, so I was like, okay, God, this is where we're going. (laughs) And I wasn't necessarily 
like begrudging about it, but I wasn't excited either. I was just like, well, this is it. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact. And that's where I'm going. Yeah. And dealing with that upset, right, is yeah. was kind of difficult in the beginning. Yeah, it was. It came. It wasn't my first disappointment. Um, I had tried to become a National Merit Scholar before and I didn't make that either. And so it was it was more than just not getting something I wanted. It was that I had kind of wrong ideas about faith Mm -hmm. because I had prayed for both of those things and I had prayed with a lot of confidence like God we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and I thought that I thought that's what faith was to pray with confidence um, that God was gonna answer your prayer with a yes (laughs) (laughs) whereas really faith is offering something up and trusting God with the outcome no matter what yeah um, so I kind of I had to work that out with God and like redefine what faith is, which is really just dependence on Him. Um, and it was also just the fact that like I'm not a planner, and <laughs> not at all. And the one plan that I had made didn't work out, and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So for one, I felt kind of validated in my whole anti-plan mentality. But <laughs> another part of it was just like I kind of lost hope. Like, I lost some of that joy, I think, that's supposed to fill our lives because it was just such a huge disappointment after another huge disappointment. So I was just like, whatever, I just don't want to, like, even hope for things anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I'm still healing from, I think, just just learning to to hope for things again. Um, Because sometimes God's answer is yes, and that's – we should still be praying for things. Because he wants to give us the desires of our heart. So that's something I've had to heal from. um, And I'm still working on it. But I think I've learned, I learned a lot from that experience. And I'm also really glad to be where I am. Like U of A has proven to be a really fun place, a really great place. I've met great people and I can be close to my family. And I didn't realize how valuable that was. I think until I realized the alternative, which was to be like, gone for most of four years and come back and my nephew would have been four already and my niece would have been nine years old Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I can actually be here to watch these kids grow up and like spend time with my parents while they're still young and spry and all that good stuff so it's I just had to trust God through the not understanding well and, and that's the thing right like what is your what is your faith held in right and um if it's not challenged like that then, then what are you really holding on to? You know, like you said, well, I've done it and, and, and it's good. And it's good when God does that. You know, and one of the things, even like with the podcast, it's like, we're always praying, like help us just to be mindful and to, to pay attention to if you're shutting that door, Lord, like we're going to be okay with it. If that's what you desire and what you want, you know, and then, and that's how you're trusting God. Right. Cause it's like, all right, what are we going to do? What do you want to do and how do you want to do it? I'm just, I'm just going to go through the motions and then you direct and you guide, yep. you know? But it is hard because where you you can tell like I'm more focused on my plans than I'm focused <laughs> on your plan. You know what I mean? So uh, talk about uh, being watchful. You had said something before we started recording. Yeah. So I think one of the things I've learned a lot about this semester is Jesus tells us to be watchful, um, and part of that you need to know what you you're looking for. And you have to know yourself, and you mentioned this, is knowing the things that tempt you and the things that your your weaknesses, you need to know what your weaknesses are. So that, like, if I had gone to college with just the mentality that, like, 
okay, I'm going to be peer pressured into parties and drugs and my professors are going to attack me. <laughs> it's like if I had gone into college expecting only those two things, then I would have come out of this semester being like, great, I killed it. Wow, go me. Whereas I also know myself and I'm like, okay, I'm not really interested in the party life. And even if my professors attack my faith, I feel like I'm equipped to handle that. The things that I really have to deal with are myself, my laziness, my pride, my just, I don't know, just knowing yourself and your own faults. Because those are the things that you need to be watchful towards, not the things that you know you can handle. Yeah. Um, and the devil's in distraction. Like he'll try to draw your attention away from the things that are really your kryptonite or whatever. Um, when really those those are the things that will be eating away at you while you're looking over there. But Jesus tells us to be watchful. Mm-hmm. So like pay attention to the things that you know you're you're tempted towards. And also figure out what you're tempted towards. I think it's also an important part. It requires introspection that I think a lot of high schoolers aren't necessarily like wired to evaluate themselves and be like, okay, what did I do wrong here? Mm -hmm. What is the base problem that made me act that way? Um, Because we're just not taught to do that. I feel like No no one tells you when you do something wrong to ask yourself why you did it. Or, like, what made you do something? It's more like, wrong, go to your room. You're like, this is your punishment without really unraveling what the issue is. So I think it's important to do that before you're in a situation where you have to handle it on your own. And with God, of course. But like, <laughs> Well, and especially because, like, at your guys' age, you know what I mean? You guys are so wrapped up in emotions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And your emotions really are driving the way you're navigating everything yeah you know what i mean and because that's just i mean like that's just where you guys are developmentally and everything else you know what i mean so it's like when you have those things you're right you know what i mean it's like you know know yourself right because it's it's the way you feel the way you act and and your feelings and your actions are going to be the things that are guiding you and there you go once again that's why it's so important to have the truth because when you know you know the truth and you know what's true, you allow your truth to start talking to your emotions and like, okay, well, why am I angry? Why am I upset? You know, that's, you know, and think about it. God wants us to work on our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. To not be reliant on those things. So how are you going to, you know, offset it? It is by putting truth into there. Because if not, your emotions, right, are going to be the things that you're believing in and believing that you're right, believing that you're true and believing that this situation is the truth or the way that I'm going to act is the way that it's supposed to be. And it's like, it's dangerous because you're, you're like all your emotions are the things that are guiding you if you don't know truth. And when you have that truth, right, that's, what's going to guide you as opposed to, to leaning on that. Right. And it's like Proverbs, right? Uh, um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Right. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, you know, and, um, no, that's good. That's good that we got to be watchful. Um, and I think that goes back to that email too, right? From that individual that, that mm-hmm. wrote us. It's like, hey, there you go. You know what I mean? Just like with, with what you said, Amanda, like be watchful. Be watchful of of having an understanding of the things that are that are um, tempting you, that are enticing to you, and, and set up boundaries yep. on those things so that you don't fall into it. 
Right. Just like with, I mean, she mentioned it at the very beginning, like if you struggle with social media, if social media is something that triggers you into doing something else, I deleted all my social media other than TikTok, right? Like, and I didn't have anything for a long time. And then I wanted to post videos of my daughter skateboarding. <laughs> so, um, but if that's something that triggers you, which it was something for me, it was a weakness for me. It was a stumbling block for me. When I got into social media, it would be something that would lead to other things, bad decisions being made. So I had to cut that out of my life. We, we heard Pastor Ryan talk about it. We, certain things in his life, cut it out. The drugs, the getting rid of the phone, everything, right? Like you have to take that, sometimes you have to take that drastic step and it tells us in the Bible, right? Like- If your right hand causes you to sin, cut, cut it, it off, off yeah. right? Like, so- we have to be able to recognize that in ourselves, but it is difficult as a high schooler when that's what society as a whole is doing, right? That's where everything is right now. All the communication, COVID didn't help with not having in-person school, mm -hmm. right? And like now it's a Zoom and everything. Now we're more relying on technology right. to and be the thing, yeah. So I think, but knowing what it is for yourself that's gonna cause you to stumble, what your what causes you to be weak? That's what we got to be watchful for, right? Like, where does my weakness come from? Yeah, that's where. Yeah, and I think it's important too to say that sometimes you can't you can't just cut it off. Like sometimes your temptation is centered around a person that you can't just kick out of your life. It could be a family member, and that's where God comes through in such a mighty way. Mm -hmm. Because if you ask. He'll equip you to deal with that person or deal with that situation. And that's what's so important is that like, oh, God is so cool. Just, if you come to him with a problem, it's not just that he tolerates the fact that like, oh, no, you did this again. Whatever. I guess it's fine. It's like God wants you to come to him with mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. because he wants to take control of your life and your heart. So he wants to work with you and team up with you to fix this. And he wants to give you the strength to deal with the things you need to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought up the Psalms because so many places in Psalms, David or whoever is like, teach me God. And mm -hmm. he's like, um, what is it? Creating me a stead or creating me a new heart, a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit so, within mm -hmm. me. And so much of it is just like, God, teach me to want the things that you want and change change not just the way I live, but the way my heart works. And God wants to do that. And what God wants to do, he's going to get done as long as you let him. So I just feel like the most important part of that is just inviting him in into your heart, not only every day, but every moment. And when you feel those struggles coming on, be like, make your reaction, make your habit to turn to God mm -hmm. when you feel those things coming, like make it Make it where you want to go. Well, and that's the thing, like you're like, you know, you're saying that, you know, in some places you might not be able to cut it off, you know, and obviously Jesus isn't like, he's saying like, you need to take drastic measures yeah. to get the sin out of your life. And, and here's the thing, would you be willing to do it? And, and more than anything else, that's what he's really checking us. Cause sometimes like, guess what? Like, I don't want to get rid of my social media because I, you know what I mean? And we're like putting it off to the side. It's like, 
are you willing to do whatever it's going to take in order to get this because it is taking you down the wrong path? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and there you go, trusting the Lord in that. One of the things that like, so this just really like popped in my head, like so many things this past week in school and ministry, doing biblical counseling again with Pastor Jack, like sometimes like, you know, people do get delivered from things, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. like I got delivered from my dependence on alcohol or whatever. But a lot of the times um, that's not the case, right? And then it, in my mind, I started thinking about this quote from J.I. Packer that I that I read. And it said, dang it, God uses chronic pain and weakness along with other afflictions as his chisel for sculpting our lives. Felt weakness deepens dependence on Christ for strength each day. The weaker we feel, the harder we lean. And the harder we lean, the stronger we grow spiritually. Mm. So, and like I was thinking about that, like that's what, um, as we struggle, where are we turning? Like you, you guys are both saying, like, where are we turning? What, why? And instead of, it, it kind of helped me change my mindset on my own struggles, right? Like, it's not like, I don't know how many times I prayed to be delivered from something like, God, just, why can't I, why do I struggle with this? Like, and it's like, well, he's like, Steve, you're not depending on me yeah. to get, get you through this. Right. And so I think that's one of the, the, for me, one of the big takeaways is like, yeah, like you gotta, you have to be able to know where to turn for what you need. Right. Like, and, but I keep thinking about this too, because I, as you were talking about like growing up in, in your house, like your parents would read the Bible to you or your mom would read the Bible to you every night. Like things weren't necessarily forced on you, but you saw an example, but you got a, what Bobby said, a foundation in the scripture. Right. So now I know as like this past year has been for me, like, I'm like, man, like every time something I'm like, Oh yeah, let me, let me find that. Right. Like, so it's been, uh, having that foundation is where you get that strength, having the foundation and truth, leaning on him and knowing that truth, right? Like you're not going to know it if it's not there. Mm -hmm. So sorry. That one was one of those things where all of a sudden I'm like, no, dude, it's true. That's the like, Holy Spirit. Why are you apologizing? <laughs> no, and it's true because, well, if anything, too, because like here's the thing, man. Like, and we've talked about it, where, um, you know, I, especially to counseling people, right? Is is um, you know, one guy I knew was struggling with some stuff, and he just didn't come clean to me, you know. And I knew, like, I already had it in my mind. And then his wife had, you know, communicated with my wife, and it's like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna bring it up. I want him to bring it up. Because here's the thing, when we don't, you know, going back to J.I. Packer, when we're leaning on him, right, he's chiseling this stuff out. When we decide that it's like, I'm not going to get rid of whatever, social media, or I'm not going to get rid of this thing. What we're, what Initially, what we're saying is like, I'm strong enough to handle it myself, mm-hmm. right? And what does the Bible completely say? Hey, when I am weak, I am strong. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We have to humble ourselves. And when we humble ourselves, that means like... Hey, Steve, I got to talk to you. This is the stuff that's tripping me up, dude. And, and like, I need you to check me. Guess what? I just made myself look weak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and guess what? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's what Paul is saying. And I'm coming to the Lord because guess what I'm saying in that moment? I'm coming to you because I can't handle it myself anymore. You know? Right. And and not until we get to that point can God, that's when God's using us. And then that's when God can work. Because when, if we don't come to him and say that, guess what we're saying? God, I got this. <laughs> You know what I mean? Initially. And, and and guess what? Like with my boys, if my boys are like, I can do such and such and such and such. And it's like, hey, let me, let me help you. And you're like, no, dad, I got it. I'm going to be like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Fine. Bet. Like I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you do it, you know? But 
I'll be also there to help you fix it. And that's where the Lord comes to. And, and, and that's the thing where it's like, put yourself in a position where you don't know it all, you know, put yourself in a position and allow God to be the one that is guiding you in that way, you know? And, and guess what? That will give us that place where we're not trusting on our own understanding. Right. And we're, we're leaning on him more than we're leaning on ourselves. Absolutely. I think that's a good place. I think that's a great place. It's a great place to stop. Amanda, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm super grateful that um, to hear all the stuff that, that God's doing in your life and that it's great that you're still walking that path. And I pray, and I've told you guys in, in, in youth group, I tell you guys all the time, I hope every single one of you proves me wrong and comes back <laughs> and like, you're a liar. Like none of us fell away. All of us were on fire for the Lord. You know what I mean? And and that's what I want. And, and, and that way you guys are aware that there is a possibility that there are, you know, what is, what is Jesus or what, what does God tell Cain, right? Hey, look, sin is crouching at your door and just know that just, just absolutely know that. And guess what? I need to walk with the Lord. I need to be with him. Cause if not, if I try to do it on my own, it is not going to go good. <laughs> you know, so I'm very uh, happy um, to know that everything's going well. We will continue to pray for you and um, you know, maybe you'll come again on soon and yeah i'm super thankful too uh you know bobby has mentioned it like when kids come into the youth group we see them and we're like this one will probably be here (laughs) for a little bit we'll see how it goes you know but then there's other kids that um you can just tell have that fire and uh, my experience when i came into the youth group and you being in the same van at camp like I I told Bobby like I I was the one who was blessed at camp yeah. and you were one of the main reasons behind that like seeing how strong you were your strength the, like just like how you saw your parents right like seeing that passion and so I'm super grateful thankful that you are willing to come down here and give us some time to talk and hope that it, it we will be praying for you and that it continues to go as easy as it has been <laughs> so before we close you got a you got a few things on social media right yeah you gotta you gotta pay let's talk about that plugging? okay so i have an instagram account called devoted underscore directed i think um and i just i go on there when i feel the urge to do so and just talk about god talk about things that i go through that i think maybe could help other people the things that i learned from those experiences um yeah, that's it's cool. It's fun. So is it cool? <laughs> so is it cool? Like especially if there's any uh, of your peers that reach out, they can hit you on that page. Yeah, to... you can DM me there, and um, for, yeah, for sure. If you have any questions, anything you want to talk to me about, for sure, you can DM me there on Instagram. And that's it. <laughs> you, should, you should post more frequently. Yeah, I should, shouldn't I? <laughs> you, should, you should post more frequently. So I think it's been like, what, a month since you posted Maybe. last? Maybe. We understand how difficult it is. Yeah, we know. It's... There's weeks where we're like, <laughs> do we really got to do one this week? <laughs> Part of it is that I've, I want to always make sure that I feel that God is like prompting me to do it. And sure. it's not just me wanting to talk and show off whatever. I don't know. My eloquence or whatever. I don't know. So, but yeah, other people have told me I should probably post again soon. So I'll hop on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should do that. So yeah, definitely guys. So you can reach out. What is it again? Directed? Uh, under- devoted underscore directed Instagram. Cool. cool. Awesome. Well, Amanda, uh, many props to you uh, and to your parents for sure. You know, and um, I don't have anything else to add. You got anything to add? Mm, no. Uh, crazier 21 still... 
promo code for the store. Yep, guys. So we got the store online. If you guys want to um, order anything, you can use promo code Crazy Year Twenty One get twenty percent off. Um, also, if anything comes wrong with your order, okay, please tell us. We just had uh, Philip, my good buddy, that Philip that was on the podcast, was like, "Hey, um, there's like." The book was printed, but they printed it like upside down. And I'm like, please. And my hat came crushed and like everything he got was messed up. I was like, dude, bring it in. And guess what? We will make it right. So guys, unfortunately, we're having to do third party because it's just, I mean, that's the only way that we were able to really afford it. Um, But guys, let us know and we will correct it. We like, we want you guys to, whatever you are purchasing, we want you guys to have good quality products. So please uh, reach out to us. And uh, again, you guys, you do support the podcast when you visit and you shop and support. So guys, thank you so much. I think that's it. Amanda, would you pray us out? Absolutely. Father, you are so good. Thank you for everything that you've you provided to us and given us this platform to be able to reach people. Uh, we ask that your, your spirit moves powerfully at all times. Um, thank you for Bobby and Steve and their, their willingness to do this and their desire to do your will. Um, Thank you for for being so present with us in our lives. Thank you for your love. And we ask that you help us dive deeper into that love and dive deeper with you always and grow stronger. Um, I pray for everybody listening to this and everybody who isn't, but just that you'll take you'll take hold of people's hearts now, God, and and that a fire will just be sparked and that everybody will follow you and every knee will bow, God, because you are worthy. And we are so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.